This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. You know what you do if you're that woman in South Carolina who won the lottery? What's that? You buy the state and you put the Confederate statues back up. Oh. That's what I would do. No. That's a poor <laughs> idea. Very Live poor. from Studio C. Seizing your... A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, today, under the tutelage of your general manager... I've got to apologize. I'm still chewing my protein bar. I took a big bite just before we went on, which was stupid. I take in a lot of protein because I work out a lot. I was hoping to get a few more reps in before the beginning of the show. I miscalculated. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Good morning. Our general manager this morning, <clears throat> Bartolo Fuentes, the guy who started the caravan. He's the father of the caravan. The news is now. Do you know they actually had on their TV stations down there in Honduras, hey, Bartolo Fuentes, who's a local politician of some sort, has said we've got transportation and water and food and everything. So if you want to join a caravan and walk the United States and start a new life, everybody's doing it. I've heard they also said that there's they'll let you in. There are jobs aplenty. There is housing for you. It will be everything you dreamed of. But can you imagine that being on the news? Well, we have a fair amount of fake news here in the States, too. Come on. That's something. Anywho, so uh, do they do? Did they know if one person won the billion dollars or not, Marshall, or they got that broken down yet? So far, it is only one, wow. just one. Wow, you'd be following the news all day long to see because yep. if another one pops up, all of a sudden your your winnings just got cut in half. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> but you, you'll you'll be fine, uh, no doubt about it. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with the board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Pretty good. Although I, I'm here, so I obviously didn't win the lotto. So uh, yeah. my goal of grabbing all the shopping carts, remember that were noisy, and then sticking quiet wheels on them. Remember how I wanted to do that with my right. money? Change the world. Exactly. Change the world. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. You were going to give back, but now you'll give nothing, will you? Won't you? Will you? No, it's, uh, probably, that's po- it's best that I didn't win the thing. It, it's would, just make, it would make it my is. life miserable. I honestly believe that. I honestly believe it. You're, you, we will all be better off having not won. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. I am uh, I'm fascinated by infrastructure. It's one of my things, I guess. The, uh, the world's longest sea-crossing bridge has been opened up. It is in China. It opened up on Tuesday. It is 34.2 miles long. It took nine years to build, and it connects Hong Kong to Macau, you know, the Vegas of Asia. And uh, all vehicles on the bridge will require special permits because it's China. You can't just do stuff there, I guess. China! And uh, passengers will have to clear immigrations and customs. But a 34-mile-an-hour over-the-water bridge. 34 mile or mile per hour? 34 mile bridge is a very, very long bridge. And I couldn't have told you Macau is the Vegas of China. Oh, yes. but that's, that was a nice little oh, yeah. tidbit for us all. 
If I'm ever in Vegas and want to get my and China and want to get my gamble yeah. on. Yeah, check out Macau. You know, you you have a flat tire, or you run out of gas because you're an idiot halfway across that bridge. You got to be standing there thinking, what now? But I guess the communist tow truck comes and gets you. Probably puts you in a gulag to re-educate you. Remember to fill up, idiot. There's uh, Marshall Phillips who does our news each and every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. One winner out there for the massive billion and a half dollar Mega Millions jackpot. Winning tickets sold in South Carolina, my friends. Check your numbers. Our first winning number tonight is 28. That's followed by 70. Up next, we have 5. That's followed by 62. Your final wipe off of this Tuesday evening is... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got I I got a winning ticket. I have a winning ticket. I got the mega ball number. It's worth two bucks. Not bad an investment now, sixty dollars. You uh you gonna take the lump sum or payments on that? (laughs) Or I may roll it over. Make sure you declare it for your taxes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we had at least eight tickets matching five of the six numbers sold in and around uh, California. And I'm being told that in South Carolina, you can stay anonymous. So we may yeah. never know the identity yeah, of I'm the not winner. Sure, I'm not sure how I feel. I think, I think part of the bargain for playing the lottery ought to be you have to uh, come out and have your smiling face out there for no us all to look at and bother. No way. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think that should have to happen. It's a terrible idea. Because we need the payoff. We need to see Indeed. We need to see who wins. We need to hear from them. We need to watch their lives fall apart. Indeed. That needs to be part of the story. That way you win something, too. Exactly. We, <laughs> we all, all are a winner that way. We're all winners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did we, we didn't buy any tickets for this round, did we, as no. a show? No. 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 Nah. No. We're no. easily distracted. <laughs> yes. Um, how about the fact that Trump... Now says it's a cover-up, and the guy at the top had to know about it. That's a hell of a wow. development, which I know Marshall's going to have in his news. But, geez, I, I don't know what our angle is on this, but more on that coming up. Hey, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Wednesday, October 24th, the year 2018, we're setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Well, I say we begin the show now officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. We are a generous and welcoming people here in the United States, but those who enter the country illegally and those who employ them disrespect the rule of law, uh, and they are showing disregard for those who are following the law. Uh, We simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully uh, to become immigrants in this country. Who is that white Southern racist? How about Trump tweeting that out yesterday? Oh, that was brilliant. That was a good play. Can we play that every single segment of the show, please? Yeah, that was uh, that's that's something. Well, you know what Barack Obama understood about that? Well, one, it's just the what you need to do. That's what you have to do as a country. That's the right side of this. He also recognized that like ninety percent of people agree with that. Right. Right. It, it, it's. It's an odd thing to have to defend something that is so incredibly obvious. Well, the media is part of the 5 to 10% that's on the other side of it. Right. <clears throat> and they don't agree with everybody right. else, like everybody you know. What are our other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, we got more on the way. A second Central American caravan on the move to the U.S. Trump blasting the Saudi handling of the Khashoggi investigation and... 263 San Francisco Bay Area priests now alleged to be sex abusers. How many? 263. Wow. Stories coming up minutes from now. Wow. Wrap your head around that.
Holy cow. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's excellent. A little yin, a little yang. Telling you, you got a billion dollars. It's just to poke people in the eye. You get like a 200 million shiny gold Robert E. Lee statue and put it in front of your house. Wow. <laughs> wow. Why, why must you spread ugliness? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. Unless you're a Red Sox fan, then yay, I guess. Um, so that's uh, game one of the World Series goes to the, 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 the East Coast. Boo. I scalped a ticket outside of uh, Fenway Park to see a Red Sox game once. and It was that, only $20. That's illegal, Jack. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. I hope this is being recorded. <laughs> you're right, Sean. That is illegal. And uh, and it was um, only $20, but... Uh, I was actually straddling a pole in my seat when I finally got in there. The $20 ticket I scalped it. I wasn't good. sure how that sentence was going to end. In it's your a, seat. Okay. It's a good seat, man. And sitting up there, you actually had to straddle a pole and put your arms around it and peek around the pole to see the game. God, that's wild. An obstructed view seat. Yeah. I remember uh, buying a ticket in a Wrigley Field. Once. I guess uh, old-timey people just had more patience for getting screwed or... <laughs> Or they went to the game a lot and it was cheap. They didn't care. But if you sit in the lower deck, or I'm not sure if it's still true in Wrigley Field, and you sit at all far back from the field, if a ball goes up in the air, fly ball, you can't see it till it comes down because mm-hmm. the upper deck is so low. But the um, you know the, the 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 new modern stadiums, and you know we got some of the fancy stadiums on the planet in our own listening audience, but um, they're cool, obviously, and all the benefit. But the the, the super old tiny. Tiny bathroom, janky seats thing. Oh. It's got its own charm, too. I like it. Doesn't bother me. I don't know. I got to pee now. You know? You got like two toilets in the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's the one thing I didn't understand. I've never understood about mm-hmm. old stadiums. Did people urinate less in the old days? We only drank two to three ounces of water per day <laughs> in the 1920s. And we're, Babe Ruth ruled the National League. Were bladders just bigger the in the League? Bladders were bigger in the 30s, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> or you just let it go right there. That's why the stadiums are so janky. Mailbag. Here's your. Uh, a crime a day. The point being that all of us violate multiple laws a day because there are so many laws and so many regulations, and a regulation is a law. 16 uh, U.S. Code, paragraph 668, uh, double D. Woo! Uh, subparagraph F and 50 CFR, 30 one Makes it a federal crime to train your dog in Michigan's Shiawassee National Wildlife Refuge, but you can hunt with it there. Gotcha. But you can't be training that, that the damn thing here. So if you say sit, you violated a federal law? Only if it all... No. Mm. If it doesn't yet know how to sit consistently and you tell it to sit, you violated federal law. If you're hunting with it and you tell it to sit, but you're not training it, that's okay. Thanks, Uncle Sam. On a similar theme, frequent correspondent Jashan writes, Do I understand this correctly? The FDA has approved a new opioid more potent than fentanyl. 
I can buy and smoke weed, but I still can't buy raw milk because the same FDA says it might make me sick. That seems right to me. Mm. Then he also comments quite helpfully. I was asking about healthcare reviews, mm. doctor reviews in particular, um, if they were worth a damn, because I, I read some that surprised me. And he said they're difficult to read because due to HIPAA, the providers are unable to respond to any reviews. Oh, wow. So if a crazy patient came in, then posted a bad review, the provider cannot respond to dispute to tell his or her uh, side of the story. He says, females can be doctors too, Joe. Oh, jeez. Thank you for that. Uh, there have been a few hefty fines handed down to doctors who've responded to online reviews. I think, and we've talked about this a lot of times, do we think the reviews thing will just go away eventually? When everybody just figures out that, you know, what are you going to do? I think it'll evolve. I think how will it evolve if you always have whack jobs who say this place sucks? Well, I know like, uh, and I'm I'm not super into this, but Yelp was the first, right? Wasn't that really the first people posting reviews of stuff? It, and, was, and, it was the first gigantic one for sure. Right. Yeah. And, and people became aware of all the fake reviews and the trolling and the rest of it. And, and I think TripAdvisor has uh, defenses against that. I just, I think they will figure out how to weed out the weirdos. Well, a buddy of mine who's in business <clears throat> where they actually have to pay attention to their Yelp reviews and that sort of stuff said... There's a lot of incentive out there to, you know, make a bad review of your competitor just so they don't have five stars or, or four stars, whatever the maximum is in whatever right. review system you're talking about. Because yeah. as they get one bad review, they'll never get back up to perfect again. Right. It's always four point something. Right. Um, it just, and it sows that seed of doubt. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It doesn't look the same as a five star review. Wow! And so all you got to do is get one person to you know our competitor over there. Go I feel and like give they them should. A uh, they should implement some stuff, something similar to like the gymnastic scoring, where you you just throw out the top and the lowest score of a certain you know a certain percentage. You just eliminate the extremes sure. on yeah, each edge, it, and you kind of get more of an aggregate. You know, if I'm running Joe's house of pancakes and and Jack's yummy breakfasts opens up, I'm gonna give him an S review as often as I need to. <laughs> So over and over again. Uh, this is uh, Mike in Arizona. Seen at a storage facility north of Tucson. Uh, it's the uh, sign outside of the storage facility. It's here. Pumpkin spice storage. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Jens writes a fan. Phoenix Steve. Oh, two in a row from beautiful Arizona. Has anyone speculated where on the border the immigrant caravan is likely to cross? My money is on California, where the reportedly syphilitic governor, Moonbeam, will there pers- be there personally to hand out temporary driver's licenses. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Cal Unicornia has been uh, exposed or, or, or declared the destination. They tried Tejas and found that the uh, the folks of Texas and the government of Texas have a little less patience for hijinks like this than California will. California, where there is no idea so dumb it can't take root in the populace because it sounds good. Uh, let's see. K.A. writes, my daughter is in a sorority at State University. At their weekly meeting last night, they read a letter from the National Office of the Sorority that said no member of the sorority is allowed to wear any costume that represents any group to which they do not belong. They may only wear culturally neutral costumes unless they are members of that culture. This applies to any event they attend, including going to a friend's house for a get-together, not just official sorority functions. Right. You can tell me that. You can. You, of course, can control 
how I dress in my private life for Halloween. Of course you can. If they violate the rule, they will be sent to the sanctions board for disciplinary action. Whatever. I understand the sanctions board uh, uh, shares several members with uh, the team that went to go see Mr. Khashoggi, too. So be careful. <laughs> Goodbye, sweet America. Wow. KWCTPPO. Keep wearing costumes that piss people off. It's uh, K-A in the capital. I'm assuming uh, Sacramento. Uh, oh, and the, keep making rules that you feel like's making the world a better place somehow. Right. What, what is your deal? Because the outer 5% of society convinced you that that's noble. Uh, here's a clue, uh, you know, whatever sorority it is. Um, and, and this was so brilliantly and hilariously illustrated by the whole Elizabeth Warren Indian flap. You get your, your spit analyzed at 23andMe or DNA.com or, or whatever. I guarantee you, you'll find out that you are part of any number of, from from 15 to 150 different cultures. That's a good point. Genetically speaking. And since Elizabeth Warren opened up the door of, if you're one one thousandth, that's good enough to talk about. Right. Well, then how do you, as the leader of this college, say, I can't dress as an Indian when I'm 0.1% Indian? Which I am, I'm sure. Everybody is. Right. That little map that they give you that that shows you, you know, where your DNA is from. Just print that thing out. Tuck it inside your uh, your Indian costume or your Mexican costume or your Eskimo costume or whatever you're rocking this Halloween. Tuck that in your, your pocket. Then when the investigatory board of your sorority comes and gets in your face, just point to the map and give them the finger. How dare you? We actually have a great story from a listener on a similar theme. But, yeah, unless you're part of that culture, please, please, you people have lost your minds. And then finally, the yin and yang, I promised. Come for the yin. Stay for the yang. I might just come for the yin and then leave. That's no, no, oh no. You have I don't to stay. Th- I don't think you understand. Uh, frequent correspondent and critic Linda writes, good morning. So wasn't it awesome when the president of the United States got a crowd to chant CNN sucks while yelling fake news? Wasn't it hilarious that he lied about a 10% tax break for the middle class that would be passed before the next election, even though Congress isn't in session? He lied. How funny. And how about those lies that the Democrats are funding the caravan from Honduras to rile up his base? What a political genius. What a guy. Wow. The hits just keep on coming, and you guys are absolutely fine with it. That's amazing. Well, Linda, I would say we're not absolutely fine with all of it. Some of it is hilarious. The whole 10% tax break... And his advisors are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, we, we, we talked about it. We're going to do it eventually. But Congress isn't. That's just crazy. That's hilarious. It's not crazier than, than saying, though, if you like your doctor, you can keep him, which turned out to be a complete lie. The lie of the year, according to the Washington Post. Right. I mean, so, you know, or advo- I don't like politicians lying, period. They do it, though. They, they do it all the time. Or in, uh, advocating the incredibly sane point of view that Barack Obama did in that clip we played earlier. And I want to play every hour. Um, and then flip-flopping on it and pretending you never held that position. That's a little disappointing, too. But, yeah, Trump's colorful. Then we got this. <clears throat> from Owen. Literally, he's orange. Yes, I don't, that's, that's true. That's what I meant. Uh, I don't know what populism is, but I love what Trump is doing. He's saying what I love to hear. Democrats want illegal immigration from votes. Regulations kill jobs. Trade imbalances are bad for America. Peace through strength. I have no loyalty to Trump. I won't support him if he messes with the Constitution or sells uranium to Russia. I support the things he does, not the man. Interesting. Um, How's that for a little yang? We'll get up to speed in a number of the stories coming up with Marshall's News on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
So can we all get back to real life? We didn't win the billion dollars. Nope. I didn't win squat. Now it's time to... I won nothing but another day in this hellhole. <laughs> Buckle back down to real life. Thanks for nothing, God. Let's get the... Wow. That was a, that was a joke. Wow. I have been blessed wow. beyond reason. Are you talking to us or God? God. Okay. Um, uh, news now, Marshall Phillips. Well, they're on the move. The Department of Homeland Security says a second migrant caravan is being organized now in Central America. Oh, no! Group in El Salvador will reportedly start heading to the U.S. on October 31st. They've got a large caravan of migrants already on the move from Honduras, making their way to the U.S. border. It seems clear to me, since now this is happening over and over again, and this is uh, likewise tongue-in-cheek, Perhaps we should have laws and procedures for when people come to our border wanting to come in. And then maybe we can follow those laws and procedures and know what to do in advance. That's what having a country is. Now, so we talked about this guy, the father of this one caravan, whatever his name is there down in Honduras. Um, Hondura Harry. And the president and some are claiming that the Democrats are behind this. I can't imagine why they would think this would help them in any way. And I think that's just a like a fun talking point. I don't okay. think anybody actually thinks that. Yeah, the I don't group, know, maybe somebody does. The group in El Salvador, there's about 230 people, and apparently they're organizing on social media in uh, in El Salvador trying to put this together. And uh, so they're signing up people left and right, and uh, they will be on the way, as I said, on October 31st. Who wants to walk 2,000 miles? Anyone? I'm in. I'm in. Sounds great. Uh, let me put on my Fitbit so I get credit. Uh, that's a note from Tim here. He sent us a, it appears to be a map of the United States, yes. one labeled proposed border wall. Oh, there it is, a bright red line from uh, the uh, down left corner of California all the way to Texas. And then one that says ideal border wall. Let's see there. It starts in Texas, goes up the border. Wait a minute. It walls off all of California Wait from the rest of the United States. I see what you're trying to ah, do. Ah, that is hurtful. That is hurtful. <laughs> Stop sending that around, Tim. <laughs> Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is saying the thousands of Central American migrants will not cross into the U.S. illegally. You will not be successful at getting into the United States illegally, no matter what. President Trump now threatening to declare a national emergency or rescind aid from the countries whose people are traveling north in the migrant caravans. Here's here's what we do at the Armstrong and Getty Show. We try to lay it out for you. We try to tell the truth. We try to get to what is real. The whole Donald Trump is going to punish the countries that let their people out is just it's not workable. There are only a few countries on Earth that forcibly keep their citizens in. That's very hard to do, and those are loathsome regimes, universally hated. There's just no mechanism for imprisoning your people. You know, they they might leave without a passport, but you can leave your country. I'm not sure what he wants them to do. I mean, I can see not actively aiding this right. effort, helping them organize or encouraging them or what have you, or like Mexico, Mexico does, printing how-to-be-an-illegal guides that they hand out, but you can't imprison a people. Well, the administration apparently still hasn't settled on a plan should the caravan arrive, and this has sparked some rather heated discussions in the Oval Office at this point. Meanwhile, in his strongest denunciation yet, President Trump bashing the Saudi operation that ended with the Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi getting killed. It was carried out poorly, and the cover-up was one of the worst in the history of cover-up. 
The president continuing. But I would say it was a total fiasco. From day one, from the thought, whoever put it in their minds, that was not a good thought. The process was no good. The execution was no good. And the cover-up, if you want to call it that, was certainly no good. So far, 263 San Francisco Bay Area priests alleged to be sex abusers. The Mercury News reporting an L.A. law firm is naming hundreds of Bay Area Catholic clergy accused of sexual misconduct. The report by Jeff Anderson Associates names individuals connected to the Archdiocese of San Francisco and the Diocese of Oakland and San Jose. As the report notes, most claims against those listed have been either settled or are currently under evaluation in the civil court system. We're going to have more on this story throughout the morning. God, I'd say, but hundreds of priests. I mean, what is the deal with the Catholic Church? It is a systemic disease. That is clear. But has it for, did it it start a hundred years ago? Did word get around to... To child touchers, that this is what this is where you have your best opportunity. I mean, how do you end up with that many pervos in one institution? It may have started fifteen hundred years ago. I don't know, but it's deep and it's systemic. Like I say, it's now a condition. It's not yeah. even an infection. It's 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 mutated what the Catholic Church is. Obviously, that there are. Hundreds, not hundreds of claims against three pervos, but hundreds of priests in virtually every archdiocese that goes ahead and, and finally publishes the, the list of its sins. It's it's astounding. Meanwhile, last night in Boston, Nooney swings it, drives one to left, high and deep by the wall, gone. Three run pitch over Eduardo Nunez. Can you believe it? And the Red Sox lead it eight to four. Sox going on to beat the Dodgers 8-4 in Game 1 of the World Series. The uh, Red Sox host in Game 2 tonight. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Of a, yeah. a, a more important note from that game, there was a stolen base in the game. And for the, uh, the I think this is like the third year in a row, uh, you get a, everybody gets a free taco from Taco Bell. Oh, yes. On November 1st because there was a stolen base in the World Series. So now everyone gets to, quote-unquote, steal a taco. So don't miss out on your free 50-cent taco. I was going to say, now I can take that 88 cents and invest it in the market. Exaggerated how much I'm saving. Uh, That is one great thing about baseball versus the NBA in that they're playing again tonight instead of, and now they'll meet back up again on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, see you next week. Uh, According to a baseball expert whose opinion I value highly, um, he said there's no way either of the National League teams can stand up to the, the Bo Sox. Not a chance. That was before, you know, the Dodgers won the NLCS. So. But Dodgers fans, don't give up hope. That's what they said about one Donald J. Trump. Huh? So, 90% wow. chance of losing. You remember <laughs> wow. that? Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Um. So, I, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know. The president coming out and saying that was a cover-up and an awful cover-up and the people at the top knew about it. What, what is our angle now as a country? What are we trying to accomplish? What do we think? I, I'm confused by the whole thing. Yeah, amen to that. Plus, a quarter of college students could develop PTSD because of the 2016 election, a new study suggests. Well, we're a hearty people. Oh, my God. Come on in, China. Come on in. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
Getty Show. we go on about inner beauty, everyone knows it's the outside that counts. Researchers found that college professors gave more attractive students better grades. Pretty people have an edge in society outside of school as well. Attractive people are paid more, perceived to be more intelligent, and kids trust attractive people more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kids are drawn to attractive people because they know that the ugly fatties probably won't share their candy. <laughs> That ain't right. Yeah, I'm not laughing, folks. Who was, that wasn't laughter you heard. Who was that, Sean? That's uh, Jim Jeffries. He's uh, came to prominence as a stand-up comedian. He has a weekly show on Comedy Central now. Um, that that's interesting. The idea that we trust attractive people more. Um, I picked up on that years ago. Uh, or assume they're competent. Assume they're smarter. Yeah. The fact that the attractive people get paid more, though, that's interesting. Why do we assume attractive people are, are more competent? What is in our, our being that makes us think that? I don't know. I just I think we think they're they're more genetically fit. I think it's just an overall question of fitness, and then we apply that to wherever we are. I get to uh, I uh, you know I I played baseball well into my adulthood and softball. I get to that first softball practice. There's a really handsome dude there. I assume he's a good ball player. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just what we do. You run into somebody trying to sell you something or whatever their situation is, um, and they're attractive, man or woman. You assume they're sharp until proven otherwise. And the opposite is true, unfortunately, and I don't like this, but you run into a, you know, a toady person like myself, and, uh, and you assume they're kind of, you know... Don't have the uh, don't have their act together until they prove you otherwise. So we start at different positions, and that's it's interesting. There's there's nothing to back that up as far as I can tell from my life experience. <laughs> so coming up, more of Barack Obama's opinions on immigration back in the day, which are very similar to Donald Trump's positions on immigration today. Back in the day, back in the day, he was in office a couple of years ago, you know? Well, that's the, what's so crazy about it. The clip that's making the rounds, he was still a senator in ah. 2005, but yeah, that's Man, not everything's that, changed since then. It's not that long ago. <laughs> what the hell? No, we didn't have Netflix, did we? <laughs> well, they were still mailing us stuff, I think. Yeah. So, Melissa Hagen, assistant professor of psychology at San Francisco State University, is doing research on young people. And they're, uh, this is from the WAPO. Their intense reaction to political events runs contrary to the charge of apathy that is sometimes applied, while the emotional trauma they report should not be dismissed as hypersensitivity. Yes, it should. Yes, it should. I will get to my point in a moment. Good though. Lord. The emotional trauma should not be called hypersensitivity, as opposed to college kids that went through the Vietnam War. World War Two, the sure. Depression, whatever, the Great Depression, right, right. Uh, mom and Dad both being out of work in two thousand nine, that sort of thing. 
With a team of researchers, she surveyed uh, almost 800 uh, psych students at Arizona State University in 2017, asked about their satisfaction with the 2016 election, whether they are upset about the outcome, and whether the results of the race had affected their close relationships. The results were published Monday in an article. Now, this isn't the one of those fake articles that those researchers were able to get published in the soft sciences. This is a, quote, real one. Event-related clinical distress in college students. Responses to the 2016 U.S. presidential election. The article finds that 25% of students had clinically significant event-related distress, which it argues can predict future distress, as well as diagnoses of PTSD commonly associated with veterans of war and defined by the Mayo Clinic as a mental health condition that's triggered by a terrifying event, either experiencing it or witnessing it. The research speaks to... I'm going to use my sensitive voice here because that's the only way I can read this hogwash. (laughs) The research speaks to the personal toll of partisan battles, and it offers insight into the perspective of young Americans coming to political consciousness in the era of President Trump. Here's a possible explanation of this, and you know my my thoughts on this uh, crib heavily from Greg Lukianoff and Jonathan Haidt and Common Sense. Is it possible that if year after year after year you train your young people to think everything that happens to them is trauma, every setback and frustration is a disaster, and that they should react by quaking and crying and and being devastated by the tiniest insult, after a while, you know what, that might have an effect. And you might breed somebody so rigid and neurotic that if their party loses an election, and here's a hint, we have them every other year. If they lose an election, they go to pieces and have PTSD. Sweet mother of God, what have we done to our children? Yeah. And again, don't blame the kids. No, no, you you can only blame the parents. Well, mm, and the administrators and the teachers well, the parents, and the professors. The parents' generation. Yes. You can only blame the people that have raised this uh, weird society. You know, Luke Yanoff and Height did some fabulous writing that we've talked about a couple of times. And, and we'll post we'll post that big piece from the art, from the Atlantic for the umpteenth time so you can find it easily. Hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. But... Um, there are neuroses that people have that they go to the shrink to get treatment for. Like, you know, if somebody says something to you you don't like, you go to pieces. Or you assume they're plotting against you. Or, you know, if you don't get the job, you say it's because I'm white or a guy or fat or a woman or whatever. You're constantly catastrophizing and you're, you're, you're developing these paranoias. But we're teaching our kids systematically to react like the world, to react to the world like that. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, that catastrophizing thing is, uh, man, that's, you well, know, the, the, well, the, the belief is that for years, you go back, you know, many decades, the 50s, the 40s, 30s, whatever, you know, people stuffed down their emotions and nobody could be weak. And okay, maybe that's true. I don't know. I wasn't alive then. So clearly we've gone too far the other direction. Oh, yeah. I mean, so clearly. Yeah, if we were ever off base to start with, and like I said, I wasn't alive at the time, so I can't. I I, well, I won't even claim that we were. But this is interesting. the The analysis reveals that women you have PTSD, PTSD, 
What? STDs a disease? A no, sexually post-traumatic sexually transmitted disease. So you're traumatized until you had sex with a skank. No, what? What did PTSD? George, what did George Bush say we should start calling it though? PTS, PTS. But that hasn't really caught on. No, because it is a disorder. Yeah. It, it's it's terrible. They thought that had a negative light. Anyway, yeah, I get that. Um, the idea that you would that. We've got veterans walking around that have really lived through some heinous experiences and are expected to make it in society. Right. And what they've got, we're calling the same thing for these college kids who the presidential election didn't go their way, is is just mind-blowing. It's pathetic. It's horrifying. It's, it's, it's a sign of a disease. I mean, seriously. Oh, you're never going to make it in life. If you get oh, PTSD no. from uh, from elections going the wrong way, you're just not going to make it. And you're not going to make it in life. And it's so insidious that on our college campuses, especially, but in our high schools and middle schools, kids are being taught that that's the proper reaction. And then it's reinforced by their peers as they all come together in their safe space, crying and, and using coloring books to settle down after, you know, some congressional race doesn't go their way. I, you know, and I'll say this until they kick me off the air. Remember, my friends, even though that point of view is so widespread at colleges and high schools and the rest of it, that is a tiny percentage of the population that's pitching those crazy, crazy ideas. Don't go along with it. Resist it. Fight it. Tell people, I think you're nuts. Trump tweeted out an Obama speech yesterday. He's getting a lot of attention. We'll play part of that speech for you about immigration. Uh, It's pretty damned interesting coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.